What the Actual Fork podcast is co-hosted by two intuitive eating registered dietitians, yours truly, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. We can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Our mission is for all humans to believe that they are made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. We are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although we are medical professionals, we are human beings too. We are not afraid to share our deepest, darkest secrets and how many years of our lives were taken by diet culture. We started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So get comfy and join us for a casual combo where you can expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. We are so grateful that you're here. So if you enjoyed this podcast and want to connect further, we invite you to follow along on Instagram at what the actual fork pod and subscribe, rate and review our podcast so we can continue to share this message with more and more people. Now let's get into it. Welcome back to another episode of what the actual fork podcast. Hi, Jenna. Hi. <laughs> I've been trying to think of my what the actual fork moment ever since we started chatting like an hour ago. I feel like I have one, but I'm going to throw it back to you first. Do you have one today? I was just going to say this episode is one massive one. <laughs> timeline of what the actual fork moments in the eating disorder community. So I'm just going to make my what the actual fork moment this entire episode. <laughs> so I'll give it back to you and then Fine. I can intro after you share yours. You know, I was just going to say, I was at the hair salon last week. Yeah, last week. Um, and I was talking to, so my hairstylist, who I love, um, very much knows my business, what I stand for, this podcast, all of the things. And she just like cracks up because you know how like when you're in like the hair washing sink, like everybody's in a line, you're like up close and personal, you hear everything like even without like the hair blow dryers, like loud and distracting you. And every single time I lay my head back in that sink to get washed, I hear people's conversations that are just so toxic and not safe and horrible and like all of the things. And she always comes up to me and she's like, I'm so sorry. Like it it only happens when you're here. And I'm like, maybe I'm just meant to hear this stuff for like content or reminders to keep going. Um, But I actually made a TikTok about the example that I'll give um, that surprisingly did like decently well over on that platform. But the woman next to me, I don't know if she knew I was pregnant and that's like what sparked her like thought process of it. But she was saying how she once made a comment to a person who she thought was pregnant that wasn't about how she was feeling in her pregnancy and after she found out that the woman was not pregnant, she swore to never, you know, comment on a pregnant person's body again. And in the TikTok that I posted, it was like, well, that's cool. But like, where in this conversation do you think it's okay to comment on any person's body? Because think about that example for someone who's very, very sick and has either gained or lost a certain amount of weight and you're commenting on their illness as a compliment or not, right? Like there's no scenario where that comment produces anything productive, like ever. So ever, ever. So what I wanted to shoot back and say like, good for you for recognizing this. Let's take it a step further. I didn't, I instead made a TikTok on it. Maybe that was a 
maybe one day I'll have the courage to speak up to strangers. <laughs> when I was in my like safe bubble, I was like, just don't say anything. Just let it go. Uh, but I'm sharing it here now that it's never, ever a productive choice to comment on someone's body ever. So true. And it's funny you bring that up because I was at the nail salon the other day. The other most the- toxic place to hear yes, diet advice. Where you're going to hear it all. <laughs> and, but there was a girl sitting next to me, like at the chair over. And I presumed that she was pregnant. Like from, I, I thought that she could go into labor at any moment. Like it was that clear, but I was like, Nope, not saying anything. And I was like, I was like, please like make a comment to you, like, you know, your nail girl that you're pregnant. Cause I wanted to at, like talk to her and see if, you know, but I was like, Nope, not even going to pretend. Um, so it's so important to uphold that no matter what you think, because of course I wanted to have that conversation with her. If she was carrying a baby, which I was certain she was, but I was like, until I have facts that this woman is pregnant, I'm not saying a damn thing. It's so, so true. <laughs> it's just, it's so, so important. Ugh. So speaking of important things. Yes. Carry us in. <laughs> today's episode is a doozy. We have the amazing Sharon Maxwell back for her second interview with us Sharon is a fat activist, a weight-inclusive consultant, a public speaker, and she is a proud, unapologetic fat woman on a mission to help fat people experience safety in healthcare settings and experience joy living in their fat bodies. Sharon is just an absolute pleasure to have on the podcast and hear her speak. And so um, over the past, oh gosh, how many months now, there's been more and more things coming up with the National Eating Disorder Association, otherwise known as NEDA, N-E-D-A. So of course, we wanted to bring Sharon on the podcast to just share her experience, what she's been experiencing firsthand with them. So just a, a great conversation today that not only brings to light the harm that they cause, but then also brings to light so many helpful resources if you or a loved one are struggling with an eating disorder. And this is the first time we've ever kind of tackled and we very lightly tackled the topic of AI chat um, or AI technology in the nutrition space. And I do think, Sam, that's a topic we should tackle a little bit further in future, just because I do know there are a lot of other businesses out there using AI to give out nutrition and diet advice. Um, and it's certainly problematic for so many reasons. There's an article right here on CNN Business about it that just pops right up when you Google um, Nita. So it is there's just so much to this conversation. This breaches or brushes the topic of the surface of the topic, I should say. Um, and it's such an important place to start. So thank you, Sharon, and excited for you guys to hear it today. Sam, say your line. Let's get into it. <laughs> okay, Jenna, do you want to start us? Yes, sure. Take it away, girl. So today we have Miss Sharon Maxwell back for a round two and almost like an urgent meeting of the minds today. And I don't think I need to say anything else, except I'm so excited to have this conversation with you, Sharon. Um, If anybody has been following her stories 
recently, there has been a lot that we kind of knew the last time we recorded that has come to fruition in a much bigger way since the last time we recorded, which was only what, like six weeks ago. (laughs) A lot has happened. We have a lot to discuss. Sharon, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me here. And honestly, for caring about this, this topic enough to let's talk to talk about it and dive into it. So it's like a press conference, an emergency press conference. (laughs) Yes. And I I was going to ask you like a specific, what the actual fork moment, but I feel like this episode is just one big, what the actual fork moment continues on and on and on that continues. So For listeners, we'll definitely make sure to end the episode with some helpful resources (laughs) if you have an eating disorder or are struggling and and looking for help. But to just put it on a silver platter for you, Sharon, um, let's talk about some harmful eating disorder, air quotes, resources out there and and just kind of shed some light on what's been going on for us wherever you want to start. Absolutely. Um, thanks, Sam. It is um, wild that we are even here and talking about this in a place where we should have safety for folks to be able to heal their relationship with food, heal their relationship with their body, and especially eating disorder organizations. Unfortunately, though, um, <laughs> the National Eating Disorder Association um, people spell it N E D A phonetically. It looks like NETA, but it's called NETA. Um, has been in the business of causing harm to folks who live in marginalized identities for years and years and years and years. Uh, However, they recently had two things that the news picked up on. And so it made headlines and caught wind. Uh, First of all, being um, they had a helpline that was staffed um, for over 20 years where people could call in, talk to a human. These are folks who have lived experience. They've recovered from an eating disorder um, and they're able to kind of provide that Hey, I see you. This, you know, I understand that empathy, right? That human connection, which is one of our basic needs is a sense of belonging, just from Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? So they were able to provide that for folks and also provide resources for where to go for um uh to get therapy, dietitian services, um, and connect folks with resources necessary. And I will say Nita was still being problematic at that point, but they had this helpline and the people there really were trying to help individuals um, battling eating disorders. And then, um, but they were on, they were overworked and understaffed. There were six um, payroll employees and 200 plus volunteers. Um, however, the paid employees asked multiple times for additional resources and thing, they didn't ask for more money. They asked for more resources and Nita wasn't meeting those demands and requests. So then, um, they unionized and four days, I believe it was four days later, three or four days later, you can check the fact on that. Um, but Jeffrey Craddock, who is the chair, I believe, of the board of NIDA, and Liz Thompson, the CEO of NIDA, uh, I'm not sure who else from the heads of NIDA were there, but I know the two of them were um, fired them and told them that they would be replaced by a chatbot, which had already been on their website um, throughout part of um, 2022, but that that would be the main resource that folks who come to the National Eating Disorders website would be able to utilize as a resource. Now, this chat bot 
Um, his name is Tessa. So when I say Tessa, that's who I'm referring to. Um, and while you take a sip here and take a break, I want to just insert something right here. And you can maybe confirm this for me, Sharon, that the original helpline, although it did have real humans who, like you said, have that lived experience, were there to validate and give empathy, they were not clinicians. And so, you, you know, when someone's dealing with an eating disorder, having clinician-led groups and support is so important. And and we can check this and, and bring it back, but the Alliance for Eating Disorder, their help li- their helpline, their hotline is 100% clinician-led. Is that correct? Yep. I was just about to say that as soon as you okay. asked the question. Yeah, the National Alliance for Eating Disorders um, has a helpline 24-7, 365, I believe. Again, fact check that aspect, but that's mm-hmm. what I believe I remember seeing and resharing. Um they, yeah, all therapists, licensed therapists, clinicians are on there helping folks in crisis um, with eating disorders. Yes. So we'll just add that little nugget in there. If you do need support, we're going to call the Alliance for Eating Disorders, but let's, now let's pivot back to this story. So like you said, they, right after they unionized and take it away. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. So part of this, uh, um, meeting was actually leaked to NPR and Jeffrey Craddock saying that they were going to be, re- the, the helpline was going to be replaced by this chatbot, Tessa. And Nita has since said, we never intended for it to replace. This has long been in the works. Their, their, their words are recorded and said that. And so union busting is illegal. And so of course it made headlines. And then um, I, <laughs> have been actively speaking out against the harms that Nita um, has caused folks in marginalized bodies um, since they refused to take an active stance and an immediate active stance against the AAP guidelines, which we talked about the last time I was on here, um, that sh- um, outline how to treat childhood. I say O-slur because I believe obesity is a slur and it pathologizes fat bodies. So when I say O-slur, I'm talking about the O word, obesity. Um, And so I've started speaking out more and more about the harms that Nita has caused, but I also want to like pause and tell, like, make sure everyone knows that I am not the first person to speak about the harms that have been caused by Nita. Um, I had a post go viral and then I had reporters call me left and right. And I am a person who holds privilege, who holds white privilege, who hold, you know, holds privilege within the LGBTQIA plus community. There are far more people who are far more marginalized than I am in there. And I, so there are people who are far more marginalized who have been harmed than I am, who've been harmed by Nita, who've been speaking about this for years. So I want people to know this is not like a new thing. This just made headlines because union busting and then the chat bot. So artificial intelligence is all the rage, right? Like we're in the birthplace of it. And so, um, the, I was at home alone on a Friday night and someone canceled plans on me. And so I was lonely and I was like, you know what, I'm going to text Tessa. And I actually (laughs) probably too much information, but grabbed myself a bowl of ice cream, a thing of wine, a cup, not bottle cup of wine. And I was in my tub and I had my computer (laughs) and I was just chilling. And I was like, hi, Tessa, (laughs) like, let's, let's text this, this chat bot. And I just wanted to see like what she would say. I've heard from other folks that like she gave dieting advice or she gave nonsensical advice or things that felt invalidating. Um, I know someone reached out 
thankfully to the Alliance's helpline afterwards, but they reached out to Tessa when they were feeling suicidal. And uh, Tessa said, I'm glad to hear that you're you're, you're feeling safe, or I'm glad to hear you're doing well. We just want to make sure you're safe when the person said that they wanted to end their life. So thankfully, um, this, uh, there are people like the Alliance, that individual called the Alliance right after to get support um, and talk to a live clinician. Um, but I texted her and I'm gendering her. Her name is Tessa. And that makes me feel like it's a her, but it doesn't have to be. And I said, hi. And I said, how do you support folks with eating disorders? And then Tessa went on to say, gave me three tips. And one said that she could provide coping mechanisms for folks with eating disorders. The second one was that she could provide resources to therapists or clinicians. And the third thing was that it could give healthy eating tips. And that as the second message after introducing herself to me that she sent me. And so for the general public, that sounds benign. That sounds like, okay, what's the problem? Like I've had to explain this to my family members so many times at this point, because yeah, sure. Give someone some healthy eating tips, you know, air quotes, like that's going to help everyone. But someone with an eating disorder, that's how every eating disorder began, right? Looking for quote unquote, healthy eating tips or the, and then, and it just goes down from there. It's a slippery slope. Um, and then the chat bot went on to tell me the very next message um, provided, I asked, how do you, something along the lines of, I'm paraphrasing right now, but, um, what are your healthy eating habit tips, something like that. And it provided me 10 tips and it's not that far off from all of the advice Tessa gave me from what weight watchers told me to do when I was placed on my first non-consensual diet. Like she gave restrictive eating and drinking tips. She said to, limit or like to, to eat certain types of foods and whole foods. And so then I asked more clarifying questions. What are whole foods? And it asked me if I wanted to learn more about counting calories or whole foods or things like that. And just, so then I continued to ask it clarifying questions. And I then even said like, can I, this one I think was the most angering from someone who has fought so hard for my recovery um, and also has fought my clinicians so hard on the fact that I cannot intentionally pursue weight loss and be actively in my recovery from my eating disorder. And I asked it, I said, can I, something along the lines of, can I be actively pursuing recovery and intentional weight loss at the same time, something along those lines. And Tessa responded with, yes, those two things can exist in the same space. Again, paraphrasing. You have it. I'm reading it along with you. You're, you're killing it. (laughs) You got it. (laughs) So like 50 reporters and no lie. So I've gone through the text messages a lot. But yeah, no, it's ridiculous. And then it went on to tell me that like literally outlining, and I don't want to talk numbers and harm anyone who's listening, but it outlined for me the exact calorie amount I should hit as a woman and what a man should eat and a man should eat more than a woman. And then how many pounds I should lose in a week. And that safe and sustainable weight loss is what I should aim for. And so I said, what is safe and sustainable weight loss? And then I said, but, and then I started giving it statistics and saying, well, 95 to 98% of all diets fail. What can I do to make sure I'm in the two to 5%? And, um, in us in a, I think I said in a healthy and sustainable way. Like I added that part as well, because I don't believe that the two to 5% 
of folks who keep off that weight are likely doing it in a healthy or sustainable way. Like that's my personal belief. Um, but anyway, it went on and it told me that I could, um, that while like a lot of diets fail, um, it, you just need to make sure you're doing it sustainably and health healthfully. <laughs> like it's just such bullshit. And, um, then it started talking about like body image stuff in the middle of it. And I was like, wait, so am I supposed to accept my body or lose weight? And, um, I, so I just, I asked it questions. I asked it clarifying questions. And it's so interesting because the CEO of Nita so many times to so many of the same reporters I talked to told them, well, bad actors tried to attack the chat bot and they tried to convince it to say what they wanted it to say. Um, and if, and so then I posted the screenshots because just like when the vice president of communications at Nita commented on my post, calling me a liar, um, I also had the receipts then, and I had the receipts now. And so I posted them for the public to see after I had already sent them to, um, Nita to see as well. Nita goes on to say that only 10 to 25 messages in total out of 28,000 that were sent, this is just the way they're covering up and the way they communicate with the public. Only 10 to 25 out of 28,000 messages that were sent over Memorial Day weekend were harmful. If you count the messages that Tessa sent me alone, not all of the hundreds of people who sent them to me in my DMs as well, but just mine, there's 25. Like, what does Nita consider harmful? So I am in my second trimester and sleep is starting to get to be one of those things where it's like, before you fall asleep, like, am I going to be comfortable tonight? Like, is the pregnancy pillow going to feel good when I shift sides? Am I going to feel comfortable on the other side? Like that's where I am. And so one thing that I am taking super seriously every single night of the rest of this pregnancy and beyond for the rest of my life since being introduced to Cozy Earth are the sheets that I sleep on, the pillowcase that I lay my face on, and the pajamas that I wear. Because if I can't control what the night of sleep is going to look like, I am going to do my best to control how comfortable I'm going to be. And I swear to you that Cozy Earth sheets are the best sheets. I've ever laid my head on, my body on, and my life has forever changed. They are named one of Oprah's favorite things from 2018. Um, the Cozy Earth's best-selling bamboo sheet set is temperature regulating and incredibly soft, and I can confirm both of those things. So if you want to give Cozy Earth a try, I highly recommend pregnant or not. Cozy Earth has provided you guys with an exclusive offer for listening today with 35% off site-wide when you use code FORK at checkout. And I can't wait to hear what you think. You know, I'm honestly not that surprised because Tessa was also born in the lab that is run by Denise Wilfley. I say her name incorrectly probably every time, but Wilfley, something like that. And Dr. Taylor Bars, who are people who do research on eating disorders and Osler prevention. And so if that is the lab that this was born in, why are we surprised? And Nita also, I could go on and on. I'm going to say this last thing and I'll pause and take a breath. But um, Nita also has come out and said that this was just, um, it went off the rails, right? This was a one-time occurrence, but there's problems with a chatbot that was created to be a preventative tool for eating disorders, being the first line that people reach out to on Nita's website. Because when people go to Nita, they're looking for someone they they already have an eating disorder or someone they love already has an eating disorder. We're not in the prevention phase. 
Um, and then the people that they hired to do it, I'm not surprised that this is the result that we have. And it just continues to show how their politics are aligned. I have a million things of notes, but I'll go slowly so that Sam can jump in too. But I'm looking at, so the screenshots are posted on Sharon's page. Um, and I'm just looking at Alexis's comment on your post, uh, Tessa screenshots part one, where she says, and again, this is not coming from our mouths. This is just written on here, but it says that Nita is trying to claim that Tessa was never intended for people with eating disorders, dot, 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 but it's the national eating disorder association. So like, how does that make any sense? Like, exactly. Right. Yeah. They're in all these articles talking about how, well, it was never intended to be um, something that actually helps folks cure, uh, not cure, but recover from their eating disorder. Well, then so why in the fuck do you have it on your website is the first thing people are reaching out to. And why is it that we've replaced human beings where their sole purpose was to help give resources for people with eating disorders? Because that's why people come and find them. Why did we replace it with something that doesn't do that anymore? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. That's a huge hole um, in their story. But there's a documentary that just launched on Hulu. I've been like obsessed with it called The Age of Influence. Have you watched any of it? Ooh, no, but I want oh. to. So there's one episode, it's episode three, that is all about like the ongoing drama between an influencer and the dietitian from the F-Factor diet. I don't know if you guys, I know Sam and I have covered this a couple of times, but the episode is all about like the impact of social media and how it can spread this mass information and like, you know, really create change. Right. But this story is going to be on part two of that TV series because it it, it, no, you have to make it on there because you have to pitch to them because it's going to be, it's going to be. because jumping up and down over here, <laughs> yeah. because there's so much that goes into it. And as you said, and I was feverishly trying to take notes, but also listen, but like something like chat GPT, which is a brand new AI, you know, system that people are now using for businesses in general. What I've read in the research is that their database, which Tessa is born from as well, has a life expectancy. So it doesn't have any data from, I think, 2020 till now. So ChatGPT, for example, if you ask it something that's like a current event from like 2022, it can't give you accurate information. So that's a huge hole in people using that for their own businesses. Then you put it into something like literally saving someone's life. Like, how are we becoming reliant on a chat bot to do that? Like, how is that actually safe or preventing harm, which is what something like the National Eating Disorder Association stands for, right? So like that, supposedly air quotes. So like, I'm having such a hard time with how they even got something like this passed. And it made national news because somebody sent me a screenshot of like their phone. Cause like Apple news pops up. Right. And it was like exciting new news that national eating disorder hotline will have 24 seven, blah, blah, blah from chat AI chatbot. Like, how is that something that we're celebrating? I I'm just so lost. <laughs> Because they're so lost because they thought it was something to celebrate because they don't see the actual, they don't see the people. 
that they are helping. Honestly, Nita at this point is like a for-profit masquerading as a nonprofit for the benefits that, that they receive, in my opinion. And it, yeah, no. And so you touched on this a little bit through the kind of the timeline of events, but I think for those who maybe aren't as well-versed in Nita and some of the controversies going on, um, if we can revisit their the whole their stance with the AAP guidelines, because I remember when they put the post out, their initial post, which was like, what was it, days or weeks later at this point? Four weeks, three and a yeah. half weeks later. Yeah, three so weeks. Yeah, so the, you know, the AAP, gu- the new AAP guidelines, the Academy of, you know, American Pediatrics coming out saying that weight loss medications and potentially surgeries would be recommended for children with Osler. You know, all of us jumped on every medical professional who has like a a foot in eating disorder care, right. Or, Or anything related to chronic dieting was like, what the actual fuck. And I think so many people that even aren't in eating disorder care that are just, whether they're pediatricians or however they work with children, we're also like, what the actual fuck. But then, like you said, it took Nita basically four weeks. And you you might have a screenshot of what they said because didn't they say something and then they took it down because all the professionals came onto the post and were like, what? The main woman said something like called you a liar on your post, right? And she deleted it. The, that was on my, t- well, the, the main woman has called, well, not the main woman, Sarah Chase, who no longer apparently, according to NPR's um, reporter, works for Nita anymore. Uh. Um, but, right. <laughs> but she um, co- has commented on a lot of people's posts calling them a liar. She called me a liar on the Tessa post, um, not on the other ones. But I think she called Shira Rosenbluth a liar on hers. Again, I think you can fact check that. But I know it was on several folks. Um, yeah, they the st- first statement they made, um, which, by the way, um, my friend and I know Sam is a great friend of yours. James Rose um, was on their lived experience task force and was one of the people who was like, what the fuck are you doing? James had repeatedly given them so much like insight and was trying to steer them in the right direction. And they just silenced them. as a thin ally of fat folks is the one speaking up and Nita's like, well, we want to listen to live, lived experience. And the, all they do is say they listen, but they don't actually take any action with it. It's, it's absolutely asinine, but their first statement came out and it was, it didn't even make sense. Like it, it was not a statement. It was like, we just waited because we wanted to listen to folks before responding. And then online, there was a longer statement and it said something along the lines, and I'm paraphrasing, um, but that sometimes parents may need to seek medical advice on whether or not treatment for Osler is necessary. And so the thing is, though, is I'm not surprised. Four out of seven on their clinical research advisory board, four out of seven on NIDA's paid by NIDA <laughs> clinical research advisory board work. Their life's work has been spent in Osler research in bariatric surgery. One of them was the advisory board for Noom for 13 years, still currently sitting on the advisory board for Noom. So these are the people that they are having 
help them make these statements, that they are having them help determine what clinicians should learn about and shouldn't learn about, what research, what money should go to which type of research. So (laughs) Nita, like the people they're bringing on are actively causing harm. Intentional pursuit of weight loss is the antithesis to eating disorder recovery. They cannot exist in the same space. It's plain and simple, but yet the people that they're bringing on have spent their lives work dedicated to shrinking fat folks. And yet somehow also working in eating disorders. It sounds really lucrative to me. It doesn't make any sense. And it just, where my brain, like I have to stop it from going because we will give really valuable resources at the end of this episode, but like you put in another post of yours in the caption, like the math doesn't math (laughs) because how do you possibly, how do we as clinicians even feel confident giving people resources when we know that at the end of the day, something like this, like in the blink of an eye can happen. And like, that's really scary when all of us on this screen and so many people within our communities are working so hard to change this narrative. Like people that don't follow you or this podcast don't know how harmful Nita is. And there's so many vulnerable people that could be like, I'm really, really struggling. Let me Google search eating disorder help. And because of the money behind Nita, they come up first, right? Actually, let's test that right now. No, no, absolutely. Every single time their SEO is the highest. I typed in ANAD yesterday, um, which it is another right organization. I typed mm-hmm. in their name of their organization and Nita popped up first. That's how yeah. great the SEO Nita is. Nita comes up first. I just typed in eating disorders and they're the first thing that come up. Eating disorders, helpline, chat, call, or text. And like that's, that's Yeah, like that's really scary. Ugh. It's really scary. But I think it's, that's why these conversations are so important because- the more that we can get these conversations in the, to the hands of professionals that when people are reaching out, looking for support, we can point them in the right direction. Cause I would assume, I mean, if you, I don't know, we'd have to sift through episodes three years ago. I mean, Jenna, that was you and I, we didn't know that Nita was harmful. No, until we started I've always getting... recommended it until yes. recently. Yes. I think it was until our conversation with McCall that she was the first that brought that to my attention personally, that it wasn't a valid space, you know, here, look at, you know, what the Alliance is doing instead, kind of like in a very gentle way made me aware of it. But I mean, I'm totally a hundred percent at fault for not promoting it by any means, but thinking it's a valid organization because from face value, I I personally didn't do enough research. And I do want to just call attention. It says on their website right now, if you are in crisis and need help, immediately call 988 or continue to contact crisis text line by texting Nita to blah, blah, blah. Is that Tessa? Because it doesn't disclose anywhere on here that it's a chat bot and not a human being. The 741741, is that the number on there? That's yeah. just the crisis, uh, the national crisis. Got text it. Line. Okay. That you can text for support, which is someone that is not educated in eating disorders. Like, wouldn't it be amazing if Nita, which I'm done asking Nita to do things they're not going to, they've shown that 
repeatedly. But imagine if Nita were to be like, hey, so we don't have the finances to fund our chat, our, our helpline anymore. Here's the Alliance. They're this incredible resource within the yes. eating disorder community. Go there. Or here are the support groups that are provided also by therapists led at the Alliance. And here are the financial resources that Project Heal gives. Mm-hmm. And here are, you know, imagine what we could do if we all banded together, together instead of trying to have this capitalistic, individualistic mindset of like, I need to be the best. I need to be the strongest, but then we're the weakest because we don't actually pick up on the strengths of the other incredible people around us who are doing this work. And I have to correct myself because it actually says on the top here, the information and treatment options helpline is no longer accepting new requests. And we'll be closing the service on June 1st, 2023. We thank the staff and volunteers who have been involved in this program dating back to its inception in 1999. Like what cowards. But when you look at their, just their Google, you just search it on there. It says call or text. Like they haven't even fixed that aspect yet. Right. But then you say it when you click on their actual website, but. That is so wild to me. Like we're just putting somebody who's finally like maybe saying for the first time, like, I need help. Let me see what I can find and giving them nothing to help them. And the fact that Nita is crying cancel culture right now in their latest email <laughs> they put out is it, and saying that they're, what was the word that they use? A smear campaign? Because that's like a hot topic right no, now. It's, like, it's a word that I feel like they had chat GPT create <laughs> all that sent out because no one would use it. Cacophony or something like that. They couldn't speak through the, I'm not saying it correctly. And I used to be an English teacher, but something of noise. <laughs> And they called us cancel culture. They've also called us that they wrote another email and called us um, dear supporters, funders, and challengers. And so (laughs) it's just, uh, they've shown over and over and over again, Jenna, I wanted to say something to your point of like, it's your, like, you need to take ownership of not knowing and sending people to Nita. Nita has the greatest SEO. When you look as a professional and when you look at research studies at the bottom, they provide resources and Nita's the first one. So the system is fucking broken and you were doing the best that you could with the information you had at that time. I was actively supporting Nita, speaking for Nita, being tokenized and harmed by Nita. Um, And while other people for years and years had talked about Nita's harm. So I think we don't know until we tell each other and until we provide the resources and the support to these other, like I'm all about dropping Nita and redirecting our support to these other eating disorder organizations. Are they perfect? No. Are they actively trying to help all folks with eating disorders? I believe so. Are they willing to have conversations when they do things wrong? I also believe so and make reparations where necessary. I also believe so. I am a white person speaking with privilege. So I am also open to feedback on that as well. Um, But I think that it is such a disheartening thing. You know, I grieved when Nita harmed me and I like stepped back from Nita. Um, But I'm kind of over that grieving process. I understand when people are kind of going through that who are actively in recovery, like folks got the fucking tattoo, right? The Nita symbol all over them. I have people all up in my comments saying like, what do I do with my Nita tattoo? I want to get it off of me. I want to get it covered up. But no one ever got a Nita tattoo because of the brick and mortar organization. They got the Nita tattoo because of what it symbolized. It symbolized community. It symbolized they were not alone in their eating Mm -hmm. disorder journey. It symbolized that there's hope for recovery. 
Um, and all of those things are things that we may have felt when we went to walks for Nita and stuff like that. And that community is still here. Just Nita mm-hmm. is going to be our, our leader because they suck. It's like giving very cultish vibes, that book. I haven't actually read the whole thing, but I know that that's a lot part of it. And I'm now just scrolling Nita's Instagram post where they turned off comments on June 7th. How convenient, correct? Um, Just basically saying that Tessa was not being used as it was intended to, but that it's a preventative program, blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's very, you use the perfect description of it before we pressed record, but their cover up and their response to being called out or in, however you want to say it, is giving so much Darvo vibes. It's wild. <laughs> Classic abuser tactics. Like Yes. That, like that's what I have written down here. I circled like how they're saying cancel culture, right? When it's like how many times have people probably come to them thousands to state how they made them feel right how they harmed them and all of us professionals are saying like hey Nita all like I mean they're kind of past this point now but like all you gotta do is say we fucked up like you still have so much power but can you come together with all of us and we can all lift each other up and get people the help and resources they need but they can't do that Um, Like also they laid off people that have been working with them since 1999. It says that right on their website. And right here it says Nita now has a full-time dedicated staff person for this work, which is to make sure that the Tessa incident doesn't happen again. What happened to all of these incredible people that gave their time for very little money to help other people? Like they clearly do have the funds. (laughs) I believe that only, so there were six employees, four unionized. The other two were like supervisor roles and stuff. And so one of them, I believe if I have this correct, is the person that's now heading up the the chat box. So they didn't hire anyone new. They did, they just let go of those four people, but it doesn't take away from, but that, that, yeah, it doesn't take away from it at all. Okay. So where do we go from here? Right. Because People that listen to our podcast are overcoming, you know, chronic dieting. Maybe they have a family member. Maybe they had an eating disorder. Maybe they have an eating disorder. Maybe they think they have an eating disorder. So let's talk about some of the resources. Like you said, nobody's perfect. And all of us here can agree that we've been called in kindly or, you know, professionals have come to us and say, hey, I think you missed the mark on this. And that's how we grow and evolve. So what are some of your favorite eating disorder resources that you can share with our community? Yeah, I have seven that I have been amazing um, because I think that we're the best when we can redistribute our funds equally, right? They all have different strengths. Um, So the National Alliance for Eating Disorders is the one we've talked about the most on here. Um, And just a quick overview, they have educational presentations and training days, free weekly therapist-led support groups that are nationwide virtually and in-person, I think mostly in the South, Florida, and a couple places, but they're hoping to expand that this year um, or looking to. Uh, They support and give referrals through a free helpline, and uh, they give direct, low-cost, life-saving outpatient treatment to underinsured and uninsured adults in South Florida. Um, And then um, we have Project HEAL, which Project HEAL says their mission is to break down systemic health care and financial barriers to eating disorder healing. Project HEAL's goal is to change the systems and in the meantime, 
to provide life-saving support to people with eating disorders who the systems fail. So Project HEAL works with treatment centers. They work with um, outpatient providers and asking them to join their healing circle, healer circle, where they offer um, free spots to individuals who are uninsured or um, poorly insured and don't have access to get to treatment. Um, and they help place these individuals with a actual good eating disorder specialist. Um, they also help people in, navigate their insurance. Um, they offer some specific one-time cash assistance. Um, and then uh, Fed Up Collective is a trans, intersex, and gender diverse collective of people um, who believe eating disorders in marginalized communities are social justice issues. And so they, their mission is to make visible, to interrupt, and to undermine the disproportionately high incidence of eating disorders in trans and gender diverse individuals. And they do this through radical community healing, recovery, institution reform, research, empowerment, and education. They have closed support groups for gender diverse folks, um, intersex folks, caregivers of individuals um, in the LGBTQIA plus community who are also battling eating disorders. They also throw a conference, which I think they just had, and I heard so many incredible things about it, um, to help the eating disorder field do a better job um, overall. And then um, Nalgona Positivity Pride um, is another one, and uh, that's run by Gloria Lucas. And Nalgona Positivity Pride is an unconventional eating disorder awareness organization that shines a light on the often overlooked societal factors that perpetuate unrealistic and oppressive beauty and health standards. So they offer a vital space for BIPOC individuals to celebrate and embrace their bodies and identities. Now, Gona does a lot of um, services with education for public speaking in universities, mental health, consulting services for providers, um, and helping them to create diversity and um, not just tokenize people of color and act as though they're helping them and still only helping the stereotypical person with an eating disorder. And they take approach of harm reduction um, and help providers look um, through harm reduction instead of traditional treatment modalities. Um, I am, I'm getting there. I've got three more. Um, Body Reborn. Um, is a restorative space for people of color with disordered eating. And I'm going to be meeting with their director. I have not met one-on-one -on -one yet, but we've talked on Instagram a good deal, meeting her in a couple of weeks. But they have a free eight-week program for people of color called the Healing Collaborative. And the program consists of three pillars, body liberation, peer support, and lifelong community. And they also have a non-hierarchical so there's no hierarchy at their discussion driven conference that centers experiences of marginalized people in eating disorder care. Two more meta um, is um, the dedicated to the prevention and um, compassionate treatment of eating disorders. So everybody has access to recovery. Um, so they provide assessments for individual therapy groups um, they have a 24-7, 365 community available. They have skill sessions available to folks to help them reach their meal and snack goals. Um, they have presentations that they provide to clinicians. They have an annual conference where they educate um, eating disorder research um, clinicians. Um, and then lastly is ANAD. 
Um, and they offer free peer support to people struggling with an eating disorder. And I believe it's open twice a year um, where they it's, or maybe it's quarterly, but um, their services include where you can have a, someone else who's walked through recovery before be someone that's kind of like you check in with and you, you chat once a week and get support. And they've walked that road before you have been recovered for at least two years. There's also a treatment directory um, that ANAD provides. And yeah, so there's seven and their reach extends, I feel like so much farther than just one organization ever could on their own. So to recap just a little bit, I want to give you so much credit because because of your work, along with, I know you work with a lot of other people, um, but really because of your work and the people that we've called out in this episode as well today, who also challenged this organization, Sharon, Tessa is no longer harming people. Like that's a huge win to begin with. And we are so grateful for you putting yourself out there too. I mean, and being this person who has had to also experience, you know, some terrible conversations, I'm sure, from people, um, which no matter what, it never feels good. So I just want to say thank you for all of the work on behalf of our team um, that you've done and continue to do to really change the world and the outcomes of so many people's lives, which is, you know, no small feat. So thank you for that. And we will continue to amplify this conversation with all of the resources that we have available. And like you were very kind to say to me that I was doing the best that I could. <laughs> now we're telling more dietitians because I know we have a huge population of RDs and RDs to be that listen to this podcast, you know, to really just open their eyes to the other places and spaces that are out there that can actually help people. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. I really, really appreciate it. Um, someone that I heard talking about this the other day was Whitney Trotter. You guys, are you all, do y'all know Whitney? She's incredible. Also um, a registered dietitian. And she was on her live the other day talking about how long she's been talking about Nita's harm as well. Um, and so there's just so many people out here, people of color, people um, in all intersections who've been talking about this and also get holding hope. Like I, I want folks to realize at the end of the day that like I'm, we're fighting for community community that where we actually have that safety it's not about even if Nita cries cancel culture it's it's not about that it's about actually having safe and equitable access to a community to care to treatment because I believe in recovery and I believe that it is something that's possible and I believe that it's powerful and I think that we need to be able to band together to be able to get there but thank you Jenna so beautifully said. So for anybody listening, Sharon, where is the best place that they can find you if they want to learn more about you? I am Hey Sharon Maxwell everywhere. Um, hey Sharon Maxwell.com, Hey Sharon Maxwell on Instagram, TikTok. Um, I have an Etsy shop that's Hey Sharon Maxwell, all the things. Amazing. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of What the Actual Fork Pod. We know there are a lot of pods out there and we are so grateful that you are here listening with us. 
So if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to subscribe, like, share with all of your friends and faves, and don't forget to rate and review and let us know what you want to hear more of. The more we hear from you, the more that we can make these episodes exactly what you want. We would also love to connect with you on Instagram at whatthefork.pod. We promise to continue to bring you the hottest topics, greatest guests, and the most fun you can possibly have fighting diet culture bullshit. We love you, we appreciate you, and we will see you next week for more fun.